Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. I really love inner child practices and wanted to talk about it today in this episode. I just think that so much of our struggle in relationships is because we have these inner child wounds. And thinking about these wounds as belonging to an actual child that needs something is so relatable. Even the best parents and caregivers will cause their children pain. I mean, Siddhartha left his baby son to seek enlightenment and become the Buddha. His son no doubt had abandonment issues. Can you just hear 30-year-old Buddhist son in therapy? Yeah, I get it. My dad was an amazing human who founded a philosophy that brought loving compassion to the world. But what about me? I was the only kid on my cricket team with an absentee father. Poor Buddha's baby son. Would you yell at him for being sad and afraid? Very unlikely. But when you ask, Why am I still like this? I hate it when I do this. And you judge yourself. This is really what you're doing. You're yelling at your inner child. When attachments to our primary caregivers are not secure for any reason, children start to create these survival tactics. Dr. Nicole LaPera has seven inner child archetypes that I found so useful. And I'll just share these here taken from her book, How to Do the Work. The first one is the caretaker believes that the only way to receive love is to cater to others and ignore their own needs. The overachiever believes that the only way to get and keep love is through external achievements. The underachiever keeps themselves small and beneath their potential, believes that the only way to receive love is to stay invisible. The rescuer protector views others as helpless and incapable and dependent on them believes that the only way to receive love is to help others and does this by focusing on other people's problems and not their own. The life of the party, always cheerful, never shows weakness, believes that the only way to get love is to make sure that everyone else around them is happy. The yes person, drops everything and neglects their own needs in service of others, believes that the only way to receive love is to be good and selfless. The hero worshiper, needs a guru, believes that the only way to receive love is to reject their own views and feelings and to view others as a model of how to live their life. Many of us will recognize ourselves in one or more of these inner child archetypes. I see myself in a few of these descriptions. My parents were really young when they married, 17 and 19, 
and they were in the hippie drug scene in the late 60s, and my early childhood environment was erratic and unstable. I was once told by a therapist that very small children who grew up with one or more unstable or unregulated parents blame themselves. But the reason, they said, is because of survival. If I was bad or unlovable or a bother, that was survivable. But if my caregivers were neglectful or abusive or mean, that would not be survivable in the mind of my four-year-old self. This broke my heart and melted me hearing this, and it helped me stop fighting with myself and begin to move into this wholeness with a part of me that was neglected at a very young age. And so yes, inner child wounding can vary from just discovering interesting patterns and epiphanies that came from our childhood to really deep healing and an integration of lost parts of ourselves that simply needed to survive. You may hear the phrase reparenting or inner child work, and I celebrate practices of all kinds that involve connecting and acknowledging to this inner child, but I don't really like the phrase inner child work, and here's why. Your inner child wants to be a child. Your inner child is tired and hungry and thirsty. Children throw tantrums when their needs are not met. So let's give your inner child a break and let that little cutie play. Begin by simply witnessing them. When does that young part of you show up? Is it when you and your partner fight over spending money, like on a boat or a trip, something that your inner child may feel very nervous about? Or is it when someone hangs up on you? When you feel threatened or upset, do you act out? Is it when you cast yourself as peacemaker and put your own needs and opinions in a drawer? When you're impulsive, when you're reactive, do you throw adult temper tantrums and do you feel really ashamed later? Noticing and witnessing would be a powerful practice alone. Like if you did nothing else, just watching your inner child is so helpful. Just like watching a child skate or try to juggle, just being with them is loving. Then if it feels right, you can begin to make small promises to yourself and then keep them. Say to yourself, I will wake up 10 minutes early to sit with my coffee without my phone. I will get eight hours of sleep five nights a week. And then make these promises really doable. Celebrate yourself with a lot of love when you keep the promises. Do a little dance at night before you go to sleep. I showed up for myself today. You can literally or figuratively pat yourself on the back. If you love to journal, write a letter to your inner child as your adult self. Acknowledge any wounding, be it that you were enmeshed in a very tight family without being allowed your own personal opinions, be it having an older sibling who got the lion's share of the parental attention, be it neglect or abuse or caregivers who just shut down emotions, acknowledge that pain in the letter. So for example, dear little Gina, I know that you were neglected a lot when you were so very small. I know that you were praised for being independent and for not needing anybody or anything. I know that you felt unheard and unseen, and I know that you learned to feel loved when you made life easier for your troubled parents, that you put your feelings away to take care of everyone else. I see you. I hear you. You don't have to do this anymore. You're allowed to ask for what you want and what you need. Your voice is so important to me. You don't have to protect us anymore. You can play. 
I will watch you and praise you and listen to you. Love, your wise adult goddess self, Gina. Journaling and writing letters like these to your inner child can really take you from like theoretically understanding that child to really feeling it on a cellular level. Another practice I would invite you to try is to make three recordings, and each one can be about, I don't know, three to five minutes long. Make all of these recordings from the ideal parent, a a caregiver who is wholly conscious and loving without ego, has the child's needs in their motivation. And so the first recording will be of that caregiver speaking to infant you. It can be whatever you would love to hear. Make it something like, you are so wanted. Your birth brought sunshine and joy into my life. Look at those beautiful eyelashes, the perfect folds in your arms, your toes, the way your breath shakes in sleep. I wonder what sweet milky baby dreams you are having. Your cries are so healthy and strong, and I'm so excited to learn what you have to say. I want to understand you. I love caring for you. This is a joy to me. The second recording is one to yourself around the ages between six and 10. And so say something like, I love watching you play. I love how involved in games you get. I love how your brow furrows when your sister's winning at Monopoly. I love the shape and size you are. I love how messy and carefree you are with your clothes. I love how your creativity flows out of you. I love overhearing you sing and talk to the cat. I love your made-up languages and the noodle necklaces you make, the mud pies. I love how your struggles in school propel you to reach out to me. And I love how brave you are. The third recording from this loving being will be to you as a young adult. I am amazed by you. You've surrounded yourself with friends and people and relationships who really bring you up. I marvel at your ability to see what you want and to go for it. I see how kind you are and I love being your parent. I want you to know how deeply I see you and respect this place that you've built for yourself in life. You're important to so many people and I want you to know how proud I am of you. What a beautiful human inside and out I behold in you. And then listen to these three recordings every morning as you drive to work or walk the dog or exercise. This is how you love that child. Another wonderful, amazing, beautiful inner child practice is to recognize when that child rises up to protect and then just smile and say, ah, hello there, young me. I see you there running away from feelings to protect us from rejection, but look who we have here. And then see your most powerful, gorgeous, stable self taking the keys out of the chubby little hand of your inner child. See your inner child physically relax. Have that most powerful part of you smile and invite the child to stomp in the mud puddles or sing or nap or just be in nature. Tell your inner child, go play, do kid stuff, I got this. It doesn't have to be heavy connecting to your inner child. There will be tears when your inner child finally feels heard and seen, but just What do children really want to do? Think about that. They just want to be seen and heard and have their needs met. They want to play. I spent an afternoon on a date with my inner child years ago, and I let myself swing high on the swings in the park. I let my clothes get wet. 
I ate ice cream right before dinner and she got to be carefree and not the responsible one. It was a blast and my inner child slept really well that night. Try some of these practices to connect and love to your inner child and see if they create a shift in you. I am sending love to all of the pieces of you. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, you magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.